Okay, welcome to another episode of Two Guys, One Topic. I'm Liam. And I'm Ollie. So thanks for listening, everybody. As we say every week, we really appreciate it. The purpose of the pod is just for us all to learn about some new topics. The idea being that if we could learn enough about some things just to hold a short conversation with anyone about anything, that'd be pretty cool. Definitely. We think this is a super useful skill to have and you can use it in all different parts of your life. If that's down the pub with your mates, talking to people at work, or maybe talking to a taxi driver. In this pod, we'll cover a wide range of topics and hopefully introduce you to either new books, concepts, or topics that we think will be interesting for you to learn. Yeah, just so you know, we are not experts in any of the topics that we cover. This is just a summary of the research and the reading that we've done. Um, We do all the hard work and then we share with you what we think are the most useful pieces of information for you to know. I am really looking forward to today's one. This is my choice. So really looking forward. If we can just help a few people learn a little bit more about a subject, then everyone will be better off. Yeah, that sounds super good to me. I think we should get started and we should share some knowledge. What are we doing this week, Ollie? This week, we will be discussing space junk. Okay, Ollie, so this is your choice this week. You got to pick anything in the whole wide world for us to learn about, and you chose space junk. Fancy telling us why and what you already knew about it? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So for me, I didn't know very much about it, but I was kept hearing how space is getting more and more commercialized and mainstream. And then I've also just like heard in the news or anecdotally about how many more satellites are getting launched and put in up into space. Yeah. And it just made me wonder about, you know, how safe is it getting out into space? Are you going to have to sort of negotiate a, a belt of satellites and old junk that's up there before you can then make it out into to orbit? So I thought maybe it's something we worth looking into and, and have a chat about. Well, like we say every week, we can talk about absolutely anything. So um, you know, hit us up on the socials and tell us to do something. Talking about um, thoughts, I, I don't know how many of you have seen, uh, I'll tell you what popped into my head, the film Wooly. So okay. there's a part of that, I, I think it's Wooly, where basically the earth is surrounded by junk and it's like next to impossible. Everybody tries to escape earth because, the, you know, we've we've created uh, a big yes. shadow on the planet or something, or something like that. I, that's about all I knew, just stuff floating around. I was worried it's going to create, you know, like the ozone layer surrounds the earth. Well, are we going to end up in some sort of surrounded by just gump in space yeah. and you end up never can, you can't ever leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I told you last week, did you think, yeah, that's going to be. No, well, topic. same as always, isn't it? You always end up just, the same as anything. If you start researching and actually reading about it, stuff is much more interesting than than you think. <laughs> So when the week comes that someone asks us to do an episode on hubcaps, we're going to have a wicked time. <laughs> so shall we actually get into it then? Yeah, let's get let into it. So people know. So what what is space debris? Um, it's, space junk. It's non-functioning satellites, generally abandoned parts of rockets. Um, it's just things broken off of um, satellites. You know, if they drop a spanner when they're doing a spacewalk, it's now a spanner floating around space. It's just all the bits of stuff just 
that's come off of satellites. Do yeah. you agree with that? Yeah, exactly. So yeah, material that's orbiting around Earth, but it's no longer functional. And it can be in all sorts of sizes as well. It can be, I don't know, as as, as large as a discarded rocket that isn't yep. being used anymore, right down to a microscopic chip of paint. Yeah. 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 So these these flecks of paint, um, you know, they're they're firing around. So space junk flies around at what did you read? About 17,000 miles an hour approximately. We're yep. talking like five miles a second. It is properly quick. And even these tiny little flecks of paint going at that sort of speed, you know, they're going to cause damage to functioning satellites. And, you know, if you're out on a spacewalk, I guess, and something like that were to happen, um, you might be in trouble. Definitely. And do we have any idea about how much space junk there actually is? Boatloads. <laughs> the answer to that. So I, um, I, this is from the European Space Agency as of January 21. So pretty much as up to date as we're going to get this. Um, there are about ballpark 6,000 satellites in space. Those that are still functioning though, somewhere a little bit less than 4,000. So, you know, we're talking, there's, there must be 2,000 plus actual satellites floating around. That's just yep. you know, the big things. Yep. Um, there are ways of tracking it and we, we, we can talk about this a little bit later, but there are, Objects greater than 10 centimeters. So what's 10 centimeters? Your phone or a little bit little bit smaller than your phone? But Yeah, I, I think if you maybe make a fist with your hand, yeah. people listening, stuff, that's, that's about 10 centimeters, I stuff reckon. Stuff about that big, about 34,000 objects that size firing around space, 34,000. And then between a centimeter and 10 centimeters, they reckon there's about 900,000 of those. Wow. And just for the, the big numbers here, objects greater than a millimeter, but smaller than a centimeter. So what's that? Like the width of your finger sort of size somewhere yep. in between there. 128 million pieces of space debris firing wow. around. But that, so the, the European Space Agency and the United States Space Surveillance, they're able to track this, aren't they? So they're able to track things that are up to 10 centimeters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the US government, they have something called the Space Surveillance Network, um, and and they can track things, um, yeah, greater than 10 centimetres. At the minute, they can track, they they think that they're tracking just over 25,000 objects um, from Earth. So that's nearly all of the objects greater than 10 centimetres, not quite all of them, but but getting on for most of them. Yeah. Um, and, And they can track them you know, to the second, they know exactly where they are and what they're doing, but it's all these other ones, you know, 128 million other pieces that, that they, they can't track because it's too small. Yes. Yeah. And I was, I was reading, so with space junk or space debris, as it's also called that it, it depends how long something stays up in space um, is based mainly on its altitude. So the course that is currently on, Okay. And also how far away from Earth it is. So that gravitational pull. Yeah. And it was saying that you've got something called low Earth orbit, where most of this space junk is hanging around. Um, and if it's it, objects that are below 375 miles away from the Earth, they yeah. can take several years before they then re-enter Earth. And by re-entering Earth, they then burn up. Yeah. But if you have objects that are over 600 miles away they can be orbiting earth for centuries 
Yeah. So we're not even sure, you know, if they'll ever then actually make it back down with the gravitational pull and then burn up and, and be disregarded. The, the main worry here being this low Earth orbit is where we put our satellites. So our satellites are in this space and this space is where all this debris and junk is. So the issue, you know, it, it's a worry that having a satellite up there with all these little bits firing around is um, it's why it's why this space network track things. So they they track things using um, radars, but they also track things using. I thought this was funny when I read it, so I'll just try and say it. They use an optical system known as the ground based electro optical deep space surveillance system. <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue that one, um, doesn't it? Whatever on earth that is. <laughs> If there's any um, sciencey space people that can come on and tell me what the ground-based electro-orbital deep space surveillance system is and how that tracks stuff, I'd love to know. <laughs> I uh, I suppose coming back to my point of like, initially initially thinking about how much space junk is there and you know what it means to us by if we'd be able to safely go when we all start flying into space all the time and visiting Mars thanks to, to Elon Musk and, and SpaceX, you know, if we're going to get hit by, by space junk. But that's not the, the real issue of today, is it? It's more around satellites and our reliance on satellites that we put into low Earth orbit. Yeah, like everything we do is based using satellites now, isn't it? Um, yeah. Uh, I didn't know this, but like time is is organized i don't know what the word is organized set using satellites so the fact that everybody on the planet knows the time right now and they're all at the same time yes that's satellites but then there's also gps the stock market financial transactions the weather tv telephones like everything <laughs> like if if you if you've used your phone today you've relied on a satellite without realizing it yeah if you've watched a telly you've used you've used a satellite it's just it's crazy. Like, so yeah, so those satellites that we use every day, you know, if they were to get hit by some of this debris and then the satellite were to crash, you know, something, what was that fact I told you in the week? Um, in 1998, a satellite that was in charge, you remember when we used to use pages? <laughs> yeah. Back in the day. Well, I don't know. How old were we then? Like 13 <laughs> well, or something? I don't think we ever had pages, but I know what they are. Yeah, so in 1998, there was a satellite that failed. Now, I, I don't actually know whether it was hit by debris or whether it just failed, but the point is the same. The satellite stopped working, and 90% of all pages in the world stopped working, like, immediately. Yeah. Now, you know, today's sort of, it's completely different, but it would be even worse, wouldn't it? It'd be catastrophic if they shut down the gps whichever i don't know whichever one of the load of satellites is in charge of gps imagine <laughs> that's not working yeah 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 i because I, I bet it's a long time since anybody's actually got a map out and looked about how to get from point a to point b yeah. it's like just follow a blue dot on your phone to tell yeah. you where you are and follow the blue line on your phone yeah you've got to start going map nav not not sat nav don't you <laughs> People can't do map nav anymore. Yeah, who's even got a map? Not only that, who's got one? <laughs> so, so yeah, there, there's there's real reasons why we should be worried about the amount of space junk and space debris that's up there because as, more and more satellites are getting put up all the time as well, and we're just building this um this just massive of 
debris and you know artificial material that's spinning around in space that could then hit into each other. So you mentioned earlier about SpaceX firing up loads of satellites. They're they're doing something called the Internet. They're doing um, a, a constellation, aren't they? It's an Internet access constellation. Did you read about that? Yes. Yeah, that's right. So I was reading that SpaceX, they've got permission to send 12,000 more satellites into space, but they actually want to increase this over time to 42,000 satellites. Yeah, I'd and that's, that. that's over four times the amount that have ever been launched that will be going into space. And this is so you'll just have that global interconnectivity of internet use wherever you are. Yeah. But yeah, that's yeah. a hell of a lot more satellites that are going up. Yeah, and th- th- they're, they're, what they want is everybody gets a small like satellite dish, you stick it in your garden, and obviously that pings up to space, and that's how internet is, that's how everybody's connected, so that you can be anywhere in the world and just get the internet. You don't need to, um, this, like a Wi-Fi connection, I, I'm yeah. not sure. But yeah, the fact they're going to send up so many is an issue. Has there ever been a crash? Did you read? I think I read somewhere. Did you read there's yeah, ever, it, ever been a crash between satellites? Yes. Yeah, there has. So the, the first collision um, that that killed, uh, I say killed, that destroyed an operational satellite happened in 2009 when there was one called Iridium-33, which was an American satellite, collided with Cosmos-2251, which was a, a Russian military communication satellite. And it happened yeah. 470 miles above the Earth, but they smashed into each other an estimated 22,500 miles an hour. And that has caused an enormous cloud of fragments and space yeah. debris that's thrown out into space. So what happens is, as these satellites collide, um, it becomes a domino effect, doesn't it? As one satellite hits another one, you've then got all this debris, but then that debris can hit another satellite and then more and more satellites. Did you read that's called the Kessler effect or the yes. Kessler syndrome? Yeah, yeah. Say, um, say about that. It's a bit like, um, it's a concept thought up by there's a nasa scientist called donald kessler and it's sort of it's a bit like end of the world thinking isn't it it's a bit like worst case scenario is yes. one satellite crashes into another one all those bits then crash into two satellites but then all those bits crash into four and yep. it, it's exponentially it happens quite quickly that eventually there are no satellites yes but kessler he came up with this in 1978 so he was he was theorizing about what would happen if we then just started to, you know, pollute, I guess for a better word, and just leave space junk up there in space, that you would end up hitting this point, you know, this critical mass where at one one time, if we're getting things that are just smashing into each other continually, it would make it impossible for us to to travel and go beyond it. So yeah, yeah it, that was in 1978. And I think we're we're sort of seeing ourselves getting towards that point that he was predicting. Yeah, it's a bit of a worry, I think. But I think that there are... So are there anything that anyone can do about this? You know, is that the next thing you obviously went on to read about? You know, the, the next obvious step in our research when we do this is, right, so I've read about this. There's all these satellites. There's all this junk up there. It's a big deal. It might be a problem in the future. What are we going to do about it? Yeah, so there, there's two main ways that this can be combated that I was reading about. And it's to do with either putting less up there in the first place, which there's a couple of ways of looking at that. It's either reusing rockets um, and reusing space equipment as much as possible. Or the second way is actually going out there to try and retrieve it. 
and to try and actually clean up the mess that we've been making for ourselves up there. Yeah, that is. And that's a harder job than, than they think, isn't it, at the minute? Um, but there is some good news. Uh, in March, there was a company called Astroscale, and they've sent up a rocket called the End of Life Service by Astroscale Demonstrator Model. All these words, they were right off the tongue. You were right. All these space <laughs> words. Like, what was the name of that space rocket? I mean, Iridium 295 or something. Like, what's all these weird words? Anyway, so they've sent up a rocket called the Elsa D Satellite. So what this is going to do, this is like a proof of concept. They've come up with this idea that what they can do is they can go up, they can catch a piece of space debris, and then they can um, like direct it towards Earth, if you like, so, so it, that it will burn up in the Earth's atmosphere. So if they yep. can go up and get it, they can send it back down. That makes sense. So what they've done is they've, they've gone up, they've sent their rocket up with another, like there's two parts to it. And what they're going to do, the first thing they're going to do is they're going to separate the two parts. One of them is their rocket. The other one just represents a piece of debris. Okay. So, so they go up, they're going to release this piece of debris. And then the first job they're going to do is just go and catch up to it and just magnet. I think, I think they're magnets. They're just going to magnet back together and collect it and be like, right, there you go. It works. Yes. Then what they're going to do, like phase two, is they're going to let go of this piece of debris or what they're pretending is a piece of debris. They're going to let it spin. So it's, you know, bearing in mind, we said these are traveling at five miles a second. This thing is now spinning completely yeah. out of control. They're going to send their rocket to catch it but not only catch it, they've got to match exactly how it's spinning. Yes. So position itself so it they can then latch onto it accordingly. How do they do that from Earth? It's mental. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going, you know, imagine this thing spinning around all wildly out of control. At five miles a second, they're going to yeah. match it so that they can magnet back onto it and catch it. And then what they're going to do is they're going to fire it away so they lose it, so they can't find, you know, obviously they can't find it. Then their rocket is going to track it, catch up to it, match its speed and its spin, grab it, and then show that actually they can catch a piece of space junk. Yeah. No, that, that'd be amazing if they could do it. I was, I was reading that that it's, it, it's expensive work doing this, though. And yeah. it's not just as easy as just having a, a space litter collecting van yeah. <laughs> out there to get stuff and they're yeah. saying that the cost of the first mission to remove a single piece of debris from space will cost 107 million pounds and that's because you know all the work and effort that's gone into it all the technology that's involved yeah, yeah. actually then launching it getting it up there the work and effort that goes into tracking it all of the equipment that's being used but then what they're talking about is this third scenario you've just said there liam about latching onto it, the way that they would then get it to burn up is getting the the initial ship that is tra- is catching it to catch up, latch onto it, and then they both re-enter Earth and burn up. So you end up you can't reuse that initial spaceship that started cleaning stuff up. Okay, so that's why it'll be so expensive. But obviously, if this company know they're going to get paid a hundred million pounds for going and get a piece of space junk. You know, there's a business model there, isn't it? If they know they're going to get 100 yep. million every time they go up into space, if they can bring that price down so they can just keep doing yes. it. Once the technology's sorted and they know yeah. it's right, yep. it's big money, was... especially if they're the first ones to get it to work. And there's there'll be better minds thinking about this than me. But I was wondering, can't they just sort of then just slingshot that debris back into the atmosphere? Yeah. Get it to burn well, up. 
I think that's what I thought they'd do. I thought they were going to let it go. They're going to catch it and just sort of direct it at Earth. But maybe they're not. Maybe maybe that's not true. But hey, like we say every week, if there is somebody who works on the end-of-life service at Astroscale Demonstrator, the LCD satellite, and they want to come on and tell us, point them in our direction. <laughs> There've been some pretty pretty far out ideas, though, hasn't there? This isn't the only one or the first one that's been up there. About harpooning it. Yeah, that was it. So there, <laughs> there were other ones where they were going to go up there and harpoon the junk, and then they realised that that could actually cause more space debris if they didn't latch onto it correctly and it then exploded or something. Yeah, there's obviously the one about lasers, sending a laser up there and just lasering everything into microscopic pieces. China, China once fired. They tested a rocket. And they fired a rocket at one of their own old satellites, you know, <laughs> so oh, I'll get rid of this satellite. Obviously, all that did was turn one piece of space junk, a nice big satellite that they could track into bajillions of small little pieces <laughs> and have firing all over the place. I don't know. If, I'm pretty sure they probably weren't trying to get rid of a piece of space junk as they were actually just testing a rocket to show. They yeah, could fire that's what they do. And they were showing their their technological innovation on their rocket capabilities and that they yeah. developed like an interspace <laughs> rocket. They can yeah, then yeah. go and track down a satellite. And um, like you say, by exploding it, it then uh, it then caused a, a whole load more more mess. The other ones that have been talked about have been nets as well. Yeah. So trying to get get a whole, you know, firing a huge net around something and then trying to drag it back down to Earth. Um, so there, there's all sorts of ideas, but it seems that, yeah, the one that you mentioned seems to be the one that's the closest to doing it. Yeah, because... The United Nations does actually request that those who launch satellites into space remove stuff from orbit within 25 years. The um, issue that you've just said there, though, is the request bit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very difficult to enforce. And, you know, <laughs> if no one's going to enforce it, then then no one bothers, do they? But, you know, imagine the day when they say, right, you've got to go and get all your junk and you've got to bring it back. This, this You know, any company that can do that, suddenly they're quids in, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's that's one of the issues that there isn't any regulation or any central body that is, um, yeah, regulating what happens out in space. Yeah, so one I'm of ready. the one of the roles of the the space tracking um, network from America is they can track whose debris it is. Okay. So if there were a, you know, I, I don't know, but I, I, if there was a point one day where they decide everyone's got to go and get their stuff then this space network could go, right, look, we can track 25,000 pieces and 19,000 of them are yours. So go and get them. Yep. Um, well, it, but there's there's big money. That's that's why there is this space race that's happening and why, you know, data is, is so valuable to big tech companies. That's why they're putting satellites up there to then get more data on people and how we're using things. And there's big money to be made. And so that's why there's this race to, for people to get as many satellites up there as possible to then provide the services that we all rely on. Um, yeah. Just going back to the, the, the first point as well, that we said there's two ways to try and combat it for the future. The plans to use less or reuse space rockets. I mean, we've seen it where SpaceX has been trying to do that, which is really good. So they sent a, a crewed ship up to the International Space Station and it was a reused rocket and reused capsule, which okay. is pretty cool. So they they weren't adding to any of the space junk that's up there. Yeah. Talking about the International Space Station, something which we didn't mention earlier was the risk to the International Space Station that you get with, with space junk. Yeah, well, same as any satellite, isn't it? It's just, you know, any piece um, that might hit it, 
it's going to cause serial damage. They had to mo- uh, they had to move, didn't they? They have yes. so so because they can track the space junk. They can obviously track if it's going to hit something. So when they know that it may or may not hit, they can course correct and make sure that they do not get hit. The problem being that that takes days. Yes, they've got really correct. plan ahead, haven't they? Yeah. So I think they they did it three times last year. You know, there's something coming, you know, I don't know, there's a spanner going to hit the space station. You're going to need to move. <laughs> that, you know, they're, they're how many miles in space traveling at how hundred, many thousands of miles an hour? Yeah. Just, oh yeah, while you're at it, just shift to the side slightly so that thing misses you. But they're so worried about this that they, they move based on it being a one in a hundred thousand chance of yeah. hitting or something colliding with the International Space Station where they then perform these avoidance maneuvers to make sure that they don't get hit and there's talks of astronauts who have then gone out and they've had to do um, some maintenance on the international space station where flecks of paint or small things have hit the international space station just it's like a in an old car with loads of dents and chips in the side of it and it's just been flecks of paint and what have you that's been going into it so yeah, because stuff's going so fast, it has that impact of making and, and the problem damage. being obviously when when a fleck of paint hits it, so it, it creates like this sharp part of the of the space station. Because there's no is there no air resistance? I can't quite remember which way around you say it. So basically that sharpness never blunts, it never okay. gets eroded, it never goes smoother. So it's as sharp as the day it happens. So when they're out on their spacewalks. Um, there's all these tiny little really sharp, razor sharp parts of the space station. You know, if they were to rub their hand over that or touch it with their spacesuit, what happens when, when you get yeah. a hole in your spacesuit? Do, I don't know. Do you, do you pop? Like, <laughs> you don't want that to happen. It's not you? something that you want to happen. No. Anyway. It's, there's so much more about it, isn't there? Space it's, it is. It's, it's much, it's a, a much more interesting topic than, you know, I think like most weeks, you know, hopefully the listeners are going to start realizing, you know, we say a topic, you're like, oh, that's a bit dry. That's, there's not a lot to talk about there. It's really interesting. <laughs> but just anything. So when, when the day comes that someone asks for hubcaps, we're going to be able to talk for 25 minutes about hubcaps. <laughs> so as we're coming towards the end of our episode, do you want to share with everybody your two guys, one topic takeaway? Two guys, one topic takeaway, takeaway, takeaway. Yeah. So, Talking about the International Space Station, answer me this. What do they do with their rubbish? What I, does the space station do with all their gump and stuff they don't need? I do not know. I can tell you what they do. They just float it out into space and eventually it disappears. Okay. So <laughs> just recently, they released a pallet of debris that weighed nearly three tons. So it's just a, a pallet of, of gump and rubbish and whatever they don't need anymore. Wow. And over approximately the next five years, it will eventually drop into the Earth's atmosphere and burn up. So it's a bit like I'm eating a Mars bar while I'm driving my car and I just throw the wrapper out the window and eventually it will decompose. <laughs> so uh, hey, there you go. Blimey. Anyway, go on then. Hit me. Hit me. Let's hit the listeners with their second two guys, one topic takeaway. So mine is about a space rocket called Vanguard 1. So this was sent up into space in 1958 and it's still orbiting around the earth. It's going at seven kilometers a second. So it's whizzing around pretty quick. They lost contact with it in 1974, this rocket, and it's just a dead weight that's just floating around the earth that fast. And it's moving 
10 times faster than a bullet from an AK-47 gun. So if you just think about how massive this thing is and how quickly it's going, this is why it's a danger. Because if that hits you, you're going to know about it. Yeah, you're right. On the orbit that it's on, they're saying they don't expect Vanguard 1 to stop doing laps of Earth until 2198. (laughs) That is a seriously long time of this huge ton floating around Earth. Junk, just... Just not doing anything. Potentially hitting something that they can't control. Yeah, man. It's been that control. That's my one. Very interesting. Very interesting as always. Right. Sum up the learning about space debris then, Ollie. What got a little conclusion? Where are we at? What do you think? I think it is a concern for us doing the reading and research into it. I think it sounds like it's going to become more of a problem until there's maybe some global regulator that can maybe enforce people to actually adhere to where you were saying about, you know, they want people to be encouraged to make things come back down to earth within 25 years. I think if, if there's some way of making people more responsible for it, it will help all of humanity in the long run. I mean, we've yeah. done a pretty good job of trashing earth. We're trashing space before we even get there. Yeah. No, I- Totally agree. The problem is, you know, there's a lot of problems on earth, isn't there? And like, at what point, you know, do people care about it enough to, you know, like things like, do their governments have to spend the money to go up and sort this instead of spending the money on roads or whatever? So, you know, like, what do they see as more important? Do you need, do you need GPS? (laughs) And you need to know what the (laughs) time is? Because eventually you might not. Uh, So... Yeah. Crazy, Super crazy. interesting, right? Crazy interesting. Like we say every week, if you know somebody who really knows about this and they want to have a little chat with us, we are more than happy to um, find out some more information from them. Let us know how correct we were or right or not even. Thank you very much, everybody, for listening. Um, yeah. we, we hope you've enjoyed that. Make Thank sure you, you get out there and share some knowledge. Okay, thanks everybody for listening to the Space Junk episode of Two Guys, One Topic. As you probably know, that was Ollie's choice of an episode. My choice was last week on Mount Everest, which means next week is our listener choice episode. So please hit us up on the socials at Two Guys, One Topic. We will gather together your best suggestions and we will pick one and we will do whatever it is you want. Thank you very much. See you next week.